If you would, to Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four, and I'm going to read. Of course, I, I think um, any Mother's Day. Uh, see, preacher is supposed to be back for this morning. I was not supposed to have to preach on Mother's Day uh, until tonight. And uh, when he texted me to let me know he wasn't going to be here, um, he said, "Get ready." Uh, you know, for Mother's Day, and I always tease um, my my wife and uh, pastor. There, there's a verse in the Bible: "If a man has found a wife, he's found a good thing." And I always tease that the first Mother's Day message I'm going to preach on be, "Are you a good thing?" And uh, he said, I, w- "I wouldn't do that." That's why he's older. That's why he's a senior pastor. So um, he's uh, he laughs at me a lot, um, but um, I. Uh, I trust to try to be an encouragement to you this morning, and uh, I think we got this on, yeah. Um, but uh, I think any Mother's Day message would springboard, would do well to springboard from Proverbs chapter 31, of course, about the virtuous woman. And I, I want to read some scripture to you from Proverbs, but I want to look in Second Kings chapter 4 uh, for application. And so uh, just a uh, Bear with me here as we read uh, several verses in Proverbs chapter 31. Uh, before we do that, I, I, I found this cute little story, and it, it's approved by my children, so they thought it was funny. So whether you think it's funny or not, they think it's funny, so I appreciate their uh, humor. Uh, a little girl was trying very hard to take care of her sick mother. She did everything to make her mom feel more comfortable in bed, then quietly slipped into the kitchen. She had seen her mother make hot tea for her father when he was sick, so she set out to do the same thing for her ailing mom. With cup and saucer in hand, she took the tea into the bedroom, and her mother was touched by this sweet act of compassion. The mother showered her little girl with praise and then said, I did not know that you could make tea. The little girl beamed with pride as she told her mom just how she made it. She said, well, first I boiled the water and the tea leaves together just like you do. The mother listened attentively while sipping on the tea. The girl continued her story by saying, but I couldn't find the little strainer that you use. 
so I got the fly swatter. Her mother nearly spit out the tea as she exclaimed, you use the fly swatter? The little girl comforted her and said, Mom, don't worry, I used the old one so I wouldn't mess up the new one. So, if you got breakfast in bed, yes, a 10. If you got breakfast in bed this morning and you need to leave sometime during the service because you feel sick, it's okay. It's Mother's Day. Proverbs chapter 31, and uh, I'll read some verses while you find your place in 2 Kings chapter 4, but in Proverbs 31, verse number 10, the Bible tells us, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? I- I'd like to pause here, and this has nothing to do with my, my message, but it is wonderful when you find a virtuous woman to marry. Uh, and I know that by finding one. Uh, like I said, a, a man that's found a, good, uh, found a wife has found a good thing. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you have not been found yet, means you're single, and someone is looking for you. But if they're looking for a virtuous woman and you're not living virtuously, you'll be hard to find. That's free. That's, that's for the ladies that aren't uh, married yet. Because I haven't had them in my class for a few weeks, and I'm, I'm getting kind of antsy uh, to, to get back at them. So verse number 11 we'll pick up. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall not have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hand... Uh, hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and sellth and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is a law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. I'd like to bring you a message this morning, hopefully of encouragement to the ladies in attendance, uh, just a mother taking care of business. Just a mother taking care of business. Here in Second Kings chapter 4, we'll read a few verses, and then we'll pray and get on into the message. In Second Kings chapter 4 and verse number 1, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take away, uh, to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in, thine, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even the empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. 
and the oil stayed. Verse number seven, then she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. And so we find a woman here, a widow, who took care of business to take care of her family. We want to just preach a short message out of here this morning. We'll try to, I, I figure if we get out after the Episcopalians, but before the Methodists, we won't get the leftover fruit from yesterday, but we'll get the fresh hot stuff uh, for this morning. So we'll try to get you out in quick order. But let's pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. All right. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we just pray that you be with us this morning. We pray that uh, your words will be spoken. Lord, we pray that your spirit would be present. Uh, Lord, uh, just remove me, dear God, out of this message. And I pray to be full of you. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you know, uh, moms teach their children by example and by exhortation. They invest their time in seeking to produce godly children. There's an old Spanish proverb that says, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. Uh, you cannot rely on the pastor, you cannot rely on the Sunday school teacher to raise your children. Uh, that is the, 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 the job given to the parents. And uh, so moms truly do make us who we are, even in today's society where a lot of times they hold a dual, uh, dual jobs, so to speak, working outside the home and then trying to take care of the children at the home. Mothers are so vital to the home. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it's, it is very, very important. I think we see this over and over again in society where we've gone wrong, where there is no father in the home, but today is Mother's Day, uh, so we just want to talk about the ladies. So uh, we, we want to look uh, here at a few things, but the first thing we notice in this passage is the burden that she bore, the burden that she bore. Mothers bear burdens that we don't even know of. I mean, here is a woman who is a widow who has children, uh, at least two sons that we know of. And she's having to bear the burden of, of what's going on in their lives. She's having to try to shield them, protect them, and help them. I mean, there is a creditor coming to take them away. And so these things are going through her mind. Uh, you know, and, and she is at work when no one sees her. And the first burden that I see here in her life is bereavement. I mean, you think about it, she lost her husband. She lost her husband. It says, uh, she said unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And she says, And thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord. So here we have a woman who is bearing the burden of dealing with the death of her husband. He was a son of the prophets. He was a man of God, so to speak, a preacher. He was uh, somebody called by God to do the work of God. And now he's gone. Uh, and uh, in, in the Old Testament uh, way of life, he would have been uh, the one bringing in uh, the, the money, he would have been the one taking care of the, the bills, taking care of the business, doing, doing all these things. He would have been the, the sole sustainer for this family. Now he is gone. And she is left with her family. She's left with her grief. And she's left with, uh, obviously, credit. But the thing about her is, that I see here, is in the midst of her burdens, in the midst of her bereavement, she goes to the man of God for advice. And, you know, that speaks to her character because there's a lot of times a lot of people would seek advice in different places. Uh, but she goes to the prophet of Israel. Uh, you think about Jehoshaphat as he came and he was speaking to Ahab and he said, is there not a prophet in Israel? Why did he want to speak to the prophet of God? Because he knew that he could get sound counsel. He could get good advice from this man. So she goes to him. 
You know, even in her bereavement, even in her need, God never left her. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, the Bible tells us. And, you know, a lot of times we like to look at Psalms uh, chapter 23 in the context of a funeral uh, to comfort the family. And, and here, uh, certainly she could be comforted because the Bible says in Psalms 23, and, and I like to think uh, in the Old Testament here, here we are in the book of Kings, so this psalm had been written. It was something that she could have possibly heard, something she could have possibly read, something that she would have been familiar with. And possibly, I, my, I, I have a, a vivid imagination. I like to think about the fact that, hey, she might have been sitting there thinking, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, we tell ourselves to say that, but these people in the Word of God, these are true accounts of people that are going through hardships. And while we like to encourage ourselves in the Word of God, why wouldn't they? And so I, I, I like to think, I like to imagine that she would have been sitting here in her bereavement, her grief, saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, and, and as you go through there, it says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You know, even though her husband was dead and gone, her God was not. Uh, she might have lost an important part of her life, but God was still there. God still knew what was going on. And so as she is going through this hardship, this grief, this bereavement, uh, no doubt I, I like to think that she was thinking, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I know the creditors are coming, but God, you can help me. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here she is in the midst of her bereavement, and she goes to the man of God. She had a problem going on here, and that problem was bills. I mean, I think pretty much all of us could attest today that we have this very same problem. Uh, our society in which we live is the most indebted society here to date. Uh, there are most, most people live, I believe the last count, uh, the news that I saw was about $15,000 at least in credit card debt. Uh, and that, that's not including homes, cars, boats, uh, you know, uh, hot air balloons, uh, whatever you know, your fancy is. We are an indebted society, so we know where she's coming at. The creditor's coming. You get those calls from the, uh, from the bill collectors and, uh, and things like that, and they want to threaten you with everything in the world. Uh, I mean, they'll come at you with, we're going to throw you in jail, we're going to take your firstborn, we're going to come, and we're going to pull your, 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 your fingernails out from underneath your skin. I mean, they, well, why? Because they want their money. And here she is, she says the creditor is come, not coming, but he is there to take away her sons, to make them bondmen. So here she is, you imagine the burden that she is under, the burden that she is under from these bills. Over in Philippians, Paul writes, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we, we understand that she is in a bad way here. And, and I'm laying this out, ladies, because I, I want you to understand no matter where you're at, God can make a way. No matter where you're at in life. And, and this is, uh, of course, Mother's Day, so we're going we're to mention her and she a lot because that's who mothers are. But this is applicable to everyone here today. God knows where we're at. God knows what we're going through. God knows what we need. And so here she is. She is un uh, just un inundated with, 
with debt and the, the creditors have come to take her sons to be bondmen. Hey, I mean, ladies, think about that. If somebody showed up at your house to take your children, to sell them, to pay your bills, all of a sudden the things you got in debt for pale in comparison, doesn't it? Uh, it, it puts it a little bit into perspective when we think of it that way. That, and I don't know what their debt would have been. I don't know what, what the creditor uh, had, what kind of account they had. But suddenly she is going to lose her children for this account. And so these bills have come due. And no doubt, she's a human. She's made of flesh. I, I can put myself into her shoes and try to think of how I would react. And I, I would be dealing with some bitterness. Some bitterness, thinking, God, my husband was a man of God. Why am I having to go through this? And, and how many times do we go through a hardship or a trial, and we think those things, God, I've been serving you. I, I've been doing what you wanted me to do. I, I, I go to church. I, I serve in a ministry. I tithe. I give to missions. I, I, I take a baby bottle, and I fill it up. God, I'm doing everything I can. Why me? Why me? And we don't know oftentimes why. Somebody, you know, being a pastor does not give you this inordinate amount of knowledge about other people's lives to know why God is putting them through that. But only to know that the Bible does say that all things work together for good to them that love God and then they're called according to purpose. It might not feel good, it might not look good, it might not be good to us right now, but God says it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And so here she is going through all these things, these burdens that she is having to bear and having to deal with all these different things. The steps of a good man, though, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way, though he fall. And certain she, uh, certainly she probably felt like she was falling right here. He shall not, utterly, shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And then David goes on to write, he says, I have been old, or I have been young, and am now old. Yet I, have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. So here she is going through all these different things, going through all these different emotions, having to deal with all these different burdens. Husband's gone, creditors here, children about to be taken away, and she goes to the man of God. And Elisha, we find... In verse number 2, he said, said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. She goes, I ain't got nothing except this little pot of oil. Little as much when God is in it. I mean, Elisha, you think of who he served under. He served under Elijah. Now, where had Elijah been? Sunday school just a couple weeks ago, we, we taught about Elijah, and Elijah had been down by the brook Cherith, being fed by ravens. And then God had sent Elijah over to the widow of Zarephath to be fed by a widow who had taken a cruise of oil and a little jar of meal and made him a cake, and God kept making cakes every day after. So here we have Elisha, whose mentor Elijah had already seen this problem played out in another place in another time. And you know what God did? God stepped in and worked a miracle. So Elisha goes, hey, what do you got in the house? 
She goes, nothing save a pot of oil. But what I find interesting about this, about this lady here is she opted to ask for advice. She wanted to ask. She said, they're here to take my sons. What am I going to do? You know, so often we try to bear our burdens on our own. And God does not want us to do that. He is the burden bearer. He, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. So we oftentimes carry burdens that God does not want us to carry. He says, give them to me, I will take them for you. And so we find this, this widow woman here, she goes to the man of God and she asks for help. In Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7 through 11, we find this principle given in the New Testament. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what, if, uh, what man is there of whom his son asked bread, and he will give him a stone? Or if you ask a fish, you will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more, Shall your Father, talking about our Heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? You know, ladies, uh, just because it's Mother's Day, we're aiming at you this morning, trying to be an encouragement, but so often we, we, we deal with things in the household, we deal with things in our life, and we never want to ask for help. Because we can handle it. We can handle it. I got shoulders put on my shoulders. I, I can figure it out. I can get this thing worked out. We got a credit card bill. We'll transfer it to this credit card, 0% interest for six months. We'll pay off this much and we'll transfer it to, you know what I'm saying? We keep transferring the problems around when God says, you transfer it to me and you don't got to worry about it no more. And so we find here, she went, she asked for help. You know, it's interesting, in Revelation, Jesus Christ tells him himself, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in him and will sup with him and he with me. He says, hey, I am here ready, willing, and able to help you with a problem that you have. So we find that she opted to ask for help. But then even more important was she obeyed his answer. He said, what do you have in your house? And she said, just uh, Nothing. Save a pot of oil there in, in verse number two. He said, go, in verse number three, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Not a few. This was important. If you remember, uh, Elisha, I believe it was, as he was laying upon his dead bed, uh, deathbed, uh, one of the kings, uh, I forget the name right off the top of my head, came in and he told him to strike his arrows against the ground. And he struck them like three times, I think. And Elisha told him, said, if you had struck them six, you would have had victory completely over your enemies. But now you only beat them three times. There's a point to doing things as best as we can to the furthest of our ability. He says, don't get just a few. Don't go borrow one from the neighbor that lives on this side and one from the neighbor that lives on this side. You go as far as you can finding empty vessels and bring them until your house is full of empty vessels. Because that's how God, he, he's saying, hey, do it above and beyond what we might think we should do. And so we find here that she obeys his answer. In, 
Verse number three, he tells her to go do this. In verse number four, he says, When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all these vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. So she obeyed his answer. You know, it's important that when we ask for help, we heed the help that is offered. Uh, you know, so often we, we might be asking, and, and there's a lot of places we can get opinions in today's day and age in which we live. Uh, you know, we, we can go to Instagram for opinions, we can go to Facebook for opinions, we can go to Google for opinions, we can go to Wikipedia for things, we can go to this blog, that blog, that blog. But God still has the ultimate opinion on what needs to go on in our life. And what he says, we ought to give heed to. When, when he says it, it's kind of important for the Christian to heed it and actually do it. Be not hearers of the word only, but doers of the world. We can sit here and be really good hearers. My kids know I'm one of the best listeners in the world. I can listen, but they're catching on to me a little bit. They go, Daddy, what'd I just say? Uh, and and I, I just need one word, one word. I, I'm, I'm pulling. But we can hear. And it never goes, it never catches, it never, the, the gears never yeah, get going, you understand? But here, here we sit this morning trying to encourage that, hey, God is with us through these burdens. And ladies, this, this lady, she, she's just a mother taking care of, she's trying to take care of her kids, take care of her house. And, and she asks for help. And when that help is offered, it kicks in gear. And she takes off. Like the woman of Proverbs 31 says, she was industrious, her, her hands are not idle. She, she finds the, the, the things that need to be done and she takes care of it. So she gets this sound advice, she obeys it. And then we find here in verse number six, uh, or in verse number five, she says, so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. She got to enjoy a miracle. She got to enjoy the oil's arrival into her house from one small pot to another. It's interesting. Her sons, and as I was studying this, the, this oil arrives, sent from God, the, the, the never-ending pot of oil. But her sons, the creditors, are at the door. She sends them to get vessels said, find a bunch, get a bunch. And, and I know how I would feel as, as, you know, watching my mom as we're gathering all these vessels, thinking, what in the world is she going to do? This guy's fixing to take us away and sell us. And you're having me go get all these vessels? And she picks up that cruise of oil, that, that pot of oil, and begins to pour. Now think about it. The first pot's Okay. You're just doing what? Pouring from one pot to the other. But when she started to pour into the second pot, think about that. As those boys are sitting there watching and say, well, that pot's full. What? How are you feeling that pot? And then the third and the fourth. And it says, until there were no more empty vessels. She took and showed them her faith. From this place, 
I mean, you, you, you think about the fact that she was certainly bearing some burdens. But she looked for God's blessings. And here we find the benefits beginning. Her kids get to see her trust and faith in God. She showed them her faith when? When she started gathering the vessels. You think about this. When she started pouring, she's pouring out her faith in front of her kids. She's showing them that this is our trust in God. How often, not just as mothers, but as people of God, people of faith, Christians, pour out our faith in front of others, that they may see that we trust God. So here she is, she picks up this pot of oil. The oil arrived, the blessing came when she obeyed to the fullest extent. She obeyed. She trusted. She had faith. Matthew chapter 17, it says, And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, fairly I send you, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And so here she is sitting with men ready to take her children, and, and she gathers these vessels. She begins to pour until there was no more. Until there was no more. She's showing her kids her faith. You know, in James chapter 2 and verse number 18, it says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. These boys grew up in the home of one of the men of God, of one of the sons of God. And after he's gone, after he's dead, their mother is still showing them their trust in God by the work that she's doing. By the work that she's doing in their lives, by the work that she's doing in her family's life. So she is showing them her faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we are interested in pleasing God this morning, then we must have faith. Why? Because it's impossible to please God without it. And here this woman is. She is, she, she, she's the preacher's wife, the preacher's widow. And we would think of anyone... That, that she would have faith, and yet here she is showing us her faith by trusting and obeying in the word that God had given to her. She shared with them her faith. I, I think of Timothy uh, in the New Testament. You know, in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 1, it says, Then, talking about Paul, came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and in verse 1, we find the story once again of Timothy. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, says, Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from, God, peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing 
I have remembrance of thee in my prayers both day and night, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Where, uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and, who, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So we see Timothy here, another young man in the Word of God, whose mother and grandmother poured out their faith into him. That's why, you know, there, there have been many more children saved at the knee of their mother than the knee of their father. There, there have been uh, many, many, I think of John Wesley and, and Charles uh, Wesley and, and these different men of God who, had it not been for a praying mom, would not have been the men of God that they were. Why? Because their mother poured out their, her faith in front of them, but poured her faith into them. It, that's why it is so important that our Christian life at home match our Christian life at church. Because what we pour out in front of others is what we're pouring into our children. And so we see that she saved them with her faith. You say, well, Pastor Woman, she didn't save them and give them salvation. No, but she saved them from the creditors because of her faith. I don't know uh, what your family situation is this morning, or the family dynamic, or, or, or what's going on, but perhaps you have children in your life this morning, Mom, that are going astray. Your faith can save them. I, I remember growing up and, and going astray and, and, and different things in my life, but I, I remember my mom, and I remember my dad telling me my mom was praying for me. That hurts. <laughs> to think that I, I have hurt my mother to the point, uh, or not that she didn't pray for me all the time, but that, that I have put her in this situation that I am bringing a bad name upon her after all that she did for me. I remember growing up, and, and uh, before I was a redneck, I was a hillbilly. So I, there's progressions. Um, and, and we lived in Scottsville, Kentucky. And uh, Scottsville, Kentucky is in the middle of, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not close to anything. Uh, and, and there's nothing there. And we were that proverbial pastor's family who had nothing. I mean, we were poor. Uh, the poor people looked down on us. And uh, I was talking to um, uh, another pastor's uh, kid the other day, talking about the, the, the cheese that we would get from the county. And it was this big block of cheese, and, and the government cheese, we called it, and, and these you know, powdered milk, stuff like that. And, uh, but, but I remember enjoying life. But I remember we lived in this little neighborhood, and uh, my mom always taught piano. I, I, just, I remember as long as, as I've been alive, my dad's been a preacher, and my mom's been a piano teacher. Uh, it just seems like it's always been that way. And uh, I mean, how many of you remember the, the big wheels the, that we used to have? Had the big wheel in the front with the pedals and then the, pla the hard plastic seat that was so comfortable and then two little wheels. And uh, what we did, we, were, we, were very, we didn't need the seat back. You know, the seat back would move depending on how big you were. And so we'd just take that, we'd throw it away. And uh, we had a hill uh, in the neighborhood we lived and we would ride those things without helmets uh, without shin guards, without elbow guards, without anything other than just our skin. And uh, we, so, and, and I, I'm fine for it today. Um, so anyhow, uh, but we, we would take the backs off, throw them away, and we would run, 
and jump on those big wheels and ride down that hill. Uh, not with our feet on the pedals because you couldn't do that because the pedals, you know, the wheel and the pedal went together. So you, you would just stop. So we would run and we would put our feet on, we'd kind of squat on it. I could not do it today. That would hurt. But um, I remember one time running and jumping on my big wheel. And uh, I, I made mention of being a hillbilly. Well, this is how you know. I was barefoot. Uh, we were in I'm barefoot. Uh, and uh, so I ran and jumped on there and I drug my feet behind me. Now, concrete, asphalt, and the skin of a nine-year-old child, eight-year-old child, do not mix well. And so I remember getting I'm feeling intense pain on the tops of both of my feet. And looking down, and they were just road rash the whole way. And I remember running up to the house, and my mom was teaching piano. She quit everything she was doing to tend to the feet of her child. She was taking care of me. And, and she, she poured peroxide all on them, and, you know, I cried. And it, she did it again. I cried again. And uh, then she wrapped them up. And I had to go to school. That, that was two weeks before school started. I had to go to school. Uh, I couldn't wear shoes. I, I had to wear socks. That was it. I was the cool kid in school with socks. And then I found out wear flip-flops with big bandages on my feet. So, but I just, I remember that story. And my mom just, she was busy. She was being industrious. But she took time to take care of her children. And I see this lady here. She's busy. She's got things to take care of. But the most important priority to her was saving her kids. Everything else paled in comparison to the priority of saving her two sons. She said, the creditor has come to take them away. I will do whatever it takes to save them. And I want to make this point. In Psalm chapter 145, it says, He will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them will save them. Now, my mom heard my cry from a long way off. And I remember her coming out the door looking for me. Why? Because she knew the cry of her child. And I didn't cry very much. I cried very little growing up uh, as, as a boy, you know, because I was tough. Uh, but she heard my cry, and she came to save me. And I wonder this morning if there's a mother who's got a burden. Has God heard your cry? Not that he's not listening, but is there a cry escaping our lips to God? Is there a father? Maybe there's a wayward child in your life. Maybe, there, maybe there's a burden. Maybe there, there, there's some tragedy that's going on, and, and God wants to hear our cry, but he can't hear it until we make it. This lady couldn't save her kids until she went to the one who could give her the miracle with which to save them. So what are we doing this morning? I want to read you a poem here, and we'll be done. This is called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle Rules the World. It's by an American poet named William Ross Wallace, and it was written in 1865. Blessings on the hand of women, angels guard its strength and grace. 
in the palace, cottage, hovel, oh, no matter where the place, would the storms uh, never assailed it, rainbows ever gently curled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancy is the tender fountain, power may with beauty flow. Mothers first to guide the streamlets, from them souls unresting grow. Grow on for good or evil, sunshine streamed or evil hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Woman, how divine your mission, here upon our natal sod. Keep, oh keep, the young heart open, always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from mother's love impearled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Blessings on the hand of women, fathers, sons, and daughters cry, and the sacred song is mingled with the worship in the sky, mingled where no tempest darkens, rainbows evermore are hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Mothers, you have no idea the amount of influence you have in the life of a child. Abraham Lincoln said, no one is poor who has a godly mother. So I ask you this morning, are you just a mother taking care of business? And is that business the priority of keeping your children close to their God? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much this morning for your word. And Lord, we just pray with these simple thoughts, dear God. Nothing new, nothing, nothing out of way, but Lord, just from your word. Father, we just pray for the, our mothers this morning. We thank you so much for putting them in our lives. And Lord, we just thank you for how you've blessed us with such good, godly women. Lord, I pray you be with them today and bless them. Lord, every day. Lord, I pray be with this message, and Lord, I pray be an encouragement to all of our hearts, dear God, to do what you would have us to do to the best of our abilities, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.